Hello, I'm Lainey Gonzalez, aka The Ecological Badass, and I want to welcome you to my podcast series. Today, I'll be sharing one of my personal tales of adventure. I hope that my story will help you connect to your own internal badass. I'd really love to inspire you to get out into this big, beautiful world and make your own kind of difference. So lace up those hiking boots, grab that day pack, let's get going. Ecological Badass here with story number one. Before I begin, I have an itty bitty disclaimer. This story is not about ecology. The story took place in Central America, Honduras specifically, and I was in Central America volunteering on ecology projects. While I was there, I decided to do a little bit of traveling. And this story illustrates an experience I had while traveling. So while it doesn't directly have to do with ecology, it happened within the context of ecology. And it goes a long ways towards lending credibility to my badass title. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. The pronunciation of the single R in Spanish, a motion called the alveolar tap, makes the word gracias roll off your tongue. Don't believe me? Try it. Gracias. See, you got it. It's also a nice word because it means thank you in Spanish. And I thought it was a great name for a town. But it wasn't the name of the town that drew me. Gracias is situated in a part of Western Honduras, an area of high geothermal activity. And I had heard stories of these, these thermal pools of varying temperatures being fed by this geothermal activity. Now, after three months, of working and volunteering and traveling in Central America, living out of a backpack the entire time, I was thinking that soaking in a thermal pool was exactly what I needed. My travel companion, Janet, agreed. So now we had to figure out transport. The fact that there was no public transportation to Gracias seemed a small matter because we were determined. So we took a big bus to one point, got on a smaller bus, took the smaller bus to another point, got in a minivan, and the minivan deposited us at a point from which we had to hitchhike. We had to find some locals heading towards Gracias. Well, there was luckily a restaurant there, so we decided to have lunch while we waited and waited which really we didn't have to wait long because word travels fast when you are two gringas looking for a ride. A couple pulled up in a small pickup with about a 24 square foot bed. It was small, but hey, it was only me and Janet in our backpacks. 
Even though the road was bumpy and unpaved, we figured we'd have plenty of room to spread out and get comfortable. Little did we know that was about to change. So a few minutes down the road, and the woman passenger slides open that little window that separates the bed of the pickup truck from the cab and inquires as to whether or not we would mind if they stopped at their farm up the road to pick up just a few items. Now, hospitality is something that I have noticed and recognized in people all around the world, and Latin Americans are no exception. I I wonder what would she have said if I'd have gone, no, we demand you take us to Gracias right now. Well, I thought that was wise. So I just nodded and agreed. After all, it was a small pickup truck. How many things could they possibly pick up? Well, by the time we got back on the road, Janet and I had been joined by a huge bunch of bananas cut clear from the tree, a young girl, oh, about eight years old, a Peking, Pekingese-sized dog named Puppy, a German Shepherd named Rambo, and two teenage boys. So as you can imagine, that 24-square-foot bed pickup was getting a little cramped. Now, that would have been okay, except for two things. One, Rambo had the reputation of his namesake, and any time Janet or I moved even a fraction, he would growl and snarl at us. He growled and snarled a lot because it is impossible not to fidget and change position when you're bumping down a dirt road. Well, the other thing, one of the two teenage boys decided he took a shine to me, and the way he showed that was to lock his gaze on me and keep it locked the entire time. Things were a little stressful. Well, we didn't know this, but things were about to get a whole lot more tense. I was trying to avoid making eye contact with my not-so-secret admirer, so I locked my gaze straight ahead on that road. It was a narrow road and forested on each side, so it was kind of a hypnotic scene, and I'm going to admit it lulled me into a bit of a trance. My trance was broken by something unexpected. As I was looking ahead, I noticed there was a person standing in the middle of the road. And as soon as that person saw us, he turned and ran off to the side of the road. Well, my brain didn't have a lot of time to ponder this bit of new information because all of a sudden our driver pulled over to the side of the road, reached into the glove compartment, grabbed a pistol, stepped out of the truck, pointed the pistol up into the air, and fired. And just as suddenly, my admirer leaped from the bed of the pickup truck, grabbed the pistol, and disappeared into the forest. A few seconds went by, and Janet, in a relatively calm voice, asked, should we be alarmed? 
Now, to this day, I have no idea where this came from because inside I was absolutely terrified. But I decided it was important to stay calm. And I looked at her and I said, watch the mom. If mom gets alarmed, we get alarmed. Well, we sat there for a few minutes, minutes that seemed like eons, and mom never got alarmed. And after a few minutes, we heard a second shot. Our driver got back in the pickup and we continued a little ways down the road to a point from which we collected my admirer. The gun went back in the glove compartment. He jumped back into the bed of the pickup truck and again locked his gaze on me as if nothing had happened. We continued in silence until finally we arrived at Gracias. Now, my nerves were frazzled and I didn't seek confirmation from Janet, but I suspected she pretty much felt the same way. So we immediately found a room, dropped our bags and sought out those pools. We found one that was just the right temperature and settled into it striking up conversation with a Honduran man who was also enjoying a soak. We shared with him our strange tale, but he seemed unfazed. In fact, he admitted that that road to Gracias was a favorite for thieves. Ah, things were starting to make sense. Our driver must have anticipated a robbery attempt. Who knows? Maybe he picked up that loaded pistol at the same time he picked up Rambo and the bananas. One mystery, however, did remain. What was that second shot about? Did my admirer kill someone? Or was that just an indication that the coast was clear? I didn't bother using what little energy remained to try and puzzle that one out. Instead, I relaxed into the water, letting it massage my tense muscles. As I floated on the surface, an audible ah escaped my lips. And I remember saying out loud the word gracias. Now, I know you can take from that account your own message. But there's a few reasons why I chose to share that story with you. One is, I survived. Now, that's important because when you travel, especially if you travel off the beaten path, there will be times when you will be at the mercy of other people. Sure, that's risky. But it's important to keep in mind that most people in the world are genuinely good and will help you when they can. Second, if you do find yourself in a tense situation, it's important to keep your wits about you. Panicking is not gonna help. You might be all stressed on the inside, but it's important to maintain that composure on the outside. And lastly, some of the best travel tales happen when you're trying to get from point A to point B. So pay attention, relax, and enjoy the ride.
Ecological Badass, signing off now. Next time, the story will be about ecology, I promise.